Bessie, Bess. What? Let's call some moms. Okay, just don't gang up on me. <laughs> Never. Okay, it's season two. We're shaking things up, and we have a twofer for you. Ah, we already had a twofer. Toby and Linda. No, I mean mother and child. Oh, okay. Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. Yes, we've got Ruth and her son Madison. And this might not be the only time we have mother and child. Ooh, I like a teaser, Mom. Good call. So, Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. A family band of two, and they write and sing Americana folk. We don't play any songs, but we sure can rip a few chords. Hit it! I went with pizzicato there. You did. You did. <laughs> that was mostly you. We, we should try to do more eventually. You did, you did some it, heavy it, lifting it, on that. Yeah, but you've done all the lifting before, so it's fun. Welcome to We Called Your Mom, our podcast. Normally, it's just my mom, Diane, and I um, interviewing the moms of my talented artist friends about being a mom and raising a talented kid. But since you and Madison are a package deal, we're making history. We're having a (laughs) package deal, package history. This is what I like. This is what I want to see. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking over. Okay, but Ruth, that doesn't mean that you need to hold back on what we're going to ask. <laughs> oh, Just because he's here. Hey, Mom, hold back. hold back. No, hold back. don't hold back. back. It's more fun, Ruth, when you don't hold back. <laughs> uh, my, mom, uh, my mom doesn't know much about me, but that's, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is no quiz, so she should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Do we need what? to like send a blood test in before we do this? Uh, no. That's a, that's for post. Yes. Madison <laughs> is like we have a theme on this podcast that we've discovered, which is oftentimes when we are calling the mother of my artist friends, um, that artist is typically the youngest child, and with Madison, that's no exception. Ruth, you have two other children, right? Correct. He's the youngest, and what what are their names and and their well, story? Uh, Heather, yeah, okay. Heather is my oldest, and I okay. think Heather is about thirty seven or thirty eight, <laughs> and then I have uh, older son Adam, and Adam is about Madison. How old is Adam? Is he thirty five? I'm, sure, I'm not sure he could be anything right now. I think he's he's somewhere <laughs> between forty and thirty. Uh, all I know is that the dog is not a fan of uh, the middle oh. child. That's what I'm. That's what I'm <laughs> he's been so quiet all day, and now he starts to bark. I let him out, and everything. <laughs> Nigel is well, Nigel is making our season two debut of Week Nigel. Nigel. That's, that's how I operate, too. I'm quiet all day, and then I just start barking. <laughs> In so, the quarantine, anything happens. You yeah. sit down. Um, okay. Is there silver? I just am curious if there's any sibling rivalry because you know any are any of them trying to break into the band? You know, hop in with a tambourine. Are Heather and Adam jealous? No, 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 no sibling rivalry. Everybody, everybody has their lane and they stay in it. So no, mm. no sibling rivalry. Wow. So they're not, they're not yeah. going to jump on tour or anything like that. 
No, they they love coming out to the concerts or helping out when they can or whatever. But that's basically it. But they're all really supportive of of our you know what we have here, Madison and I, what we've created. So and that's been really encouraging. Oh, oh that's that. the best. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. because you wouldn't be a band if, Ruth, you hadn't started music on your own. I feel like we should rewind a bit and just, I'm curious what made you pick up the guitar in the first place. Well, I've always loved music, even when I was really, really young. And uh listened to the records of the day and sang, you know, the latest songs and the whole nine yards. And I remember when I moved to, I, my home is in South Bend, Indiana. And so I left home when I was 18, and that was during the hippie era. And I remember moving to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, we we had a house that had a flat roof, and I used to take the ladder and go up on the flat roof, and I would sing the latest songs of the day. And that was like totally up to tea. (laughs) And then I went to a couple of coffee houses, and they'd say, it's open mic. So I would sing a cappella. And then I decided, you know, it'd be really nice if I had a guitar and I could accompany myself. So I took yeah. some, a few guitar lessons, but mostly self-taught. And the rest is oh history. I just, I, I've always loved to play music. I write. And um, Madison has picked up the mantle, which is excellent, of the writing and playing mm-hmm. as well. And, um, yeah, I, I just really have loved it. I, my kids grew up with mom singing and singing in coffee houses and um, oh. made, made a couple of records before uh, we did. Madison and I did. Madison and I went, we took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, you awesome. did. But still, you know, it's just, it's just been part of who I, it's who I am. So, oh my goodness. Were, would neighbors come out and listen? Or? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That's amazing. Neighbors. When I was on the roof, did you ever fiddle on the roof? They would come out and sit on their and sit on their steps. And we had an island, you know, New Mexico is pretty, you know, sandy. I mean, dirt and stuff. Yeah. There's not a lot of green grass, but mm-hmm. we had an mm-hmm. island that had green grass. And I remember sometimes going out and sitting in the island and just singing. I, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I just felt like I had to sing. <laughs> you must have felt so uh, free, though, and really in tune and touch with what you wanted to do. You know, you're singing, you're playing. I've never been to yeah, I know. never been there, but I would love to go. Well, I've been once a lot, but back, back in the day, it was pretty cool. I went yeah. once on Loved the it. Vans Warped Tour. Um, oh, you did. But I didn't get to see much of it. But you would sing like the songs of the day because, Mom, you and um, Ruth aren't too far apart in age. Mom's I know. I, I'm anxious to ask you, Ruth. I feel like we grew up in the most riveting, exciting decade, the 60s. And I'm mm-hmm. so curious about what were some of your early inspirations or influences in your musical journey? Like, what did you love when you were in? I don't I can remember back junior high, high school and then beyond. So what were some of the. Who were the groups or the individuals that you felt inspired by? Well, when I was, you know, like, what, 10, 11, 12, Sam Cooke was my main man. I really oh. loved his music. Oh, and he was a, a great, great writer as well. And okay. Aretha Franklin, mostly R&B stuff. And then my brother turned me on to folk music 
Crosby, Stills, oh. and Nash, and I thought, Lord, what is this? <laughs> and I started really, it was like a whole, it's like I opened a door and I, I just fell into all of this incredible music. Yes. And, you know, Notre Dame campus and uh, St. Mary's colleges, they're all in South Bend. And I got to meet some of the students, and a lot of them were playing the folk songs back in the day and yeah. playing the guitar yeah. and all of it. Was just, it was over the top. So I got into all of the stuff like, you know, uh, Neil Young and mm -hmm. uh, James Taylor and all oh, those I people. Oh, I love James and, Taylor. Yeah. 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 Janice Ian. I tell you a real quick story about Janice Ian. Oh, uh, I do. really I love, love the music. She did Society's Child. Yes. And then for a long time, no one knew what happened to her. And then she came up with uh, Between the Lines, where she did the song 17 and I remember listening to that record I'm, I basically at album I basically wore it out wore it out yeah. well then on one of our tours uh, we met a lady who was really close friends with Janice Ian, and I told her how much I enjoyed Janice's music and it would be really mm -hmm. neat to meet her one day well we were in the van where were we going Canada Madison no I think we were uh, we were going opposite of Canada we were going down south somewhere but we were on the east oh. coast going to, heading south I okay. can't remember and then and then uh, Janice called me oh and my I was gosh just like, what and what? I told Madison and the guys in the in the van I said quit talking we've got Janice Ian on the phone so, what did she say I'm, I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the back of the van and everybody I was asleep and I was and I wake up and I start asking people I was like where are we and they go and everybody goes shut up shut up and I was like what and they're like yeah, uh, your, your mom's talking to Janice and I said what I was like is this, is this a Twilight Zone I'm like, I didn't know where I was <laughs> it was the weirdest thing to hear but it, yeah. was, it was great and as a result we, we met when I was in Nashville when she lived there and we had dinner together and I mean, oh my just, gosh! Think about somebody that you really like, and then you actually get to meet them and hang out with them and everything. Mm. And uh, we're friends. We're friends to this day. She's given me a lot of good pointers, and I, oh I got gosh. her autobiography too. I read it. So yeah, it was, you uh, you uh you used to cover that song by her too, the seventeen. Oh, I yeah, mean, because I remember yeah, hearing that whenever I was growing up. I remember hearing you yeah. play that song. Yeah, oh, that, that, that song was like. It, it was, you would listen to it and then you wouldn't feel alone anymore. You would understand you're not going through all, you're not the only one going through this terrible stage. I mean, that's what that's I remember right. about yeah. Janice Ian. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. She's a, she's a, really neat lady. She's a really neat lady. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you mm. guys have? Um, what did you guys have for dinner out of curiosity? <laughs> Oh, I'm so weak. <laughs> I never asked that before. I want to know too. <laughs> oh, yeah, what did you, the kids oh, want to know. The kids want to know. What I really had for dinner was fried chicken. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yum. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just joking. I didn't, I'm oh. joking. I didn't have fried chicken. <laughs> oh, wow. I, was, I, th I thought good choice. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see why that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I upgraded myself. I upgraded to a steak. We had steak together. So it was good. You didn't make Janice pay, though, right? <laughs> yeah, she paid. She wanted I was, to pay. I was, I was kidding. She paid? <laughs> she, wanted, right. she wanted to pay. I hope so. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, she, she's, hey, got, she she's knows, still got to be getting some talent. 17 royalties, I imagine. <laughs> I <know laughs> that's what I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But Janice knows talent when she sees it and hears it. So how Absolutely. exciting for you, though, to connect with someone that you looked up to and could connect with Yeah, it was, her it music. was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And at least she didn't disappoint and turn out to be some sort of monster. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean when you meet your 17 was 17 was about the 17 bodies that she <laughs> buried somewhere. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, no. I went to South Bend once. It was actually twice. One was for a wedding, but I also did, I performed in Notre Dame with Judah Friedlander and Chris Gethard, and I was opening. Wow, I love it. Yeah, I knew you did. And I was opening and like, mom- I knew it was supposed to be a clean show. It's a college show. And but moments before I go on, I want to say like, I don't want to exaggerate, but at like 10 minutes before um, they go, just so you know, like no sex, no drugs, no religion. And I'm like, Ugh. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, I was going to go clean, but I didn't know like we had to go totally clean here. So I think I just like went up and right. talk. I didn't even, I bombed is what I'm saying. Long story oh, no. short. Why, I don't understand. Why, why is that a thing that I, I, I hear about this a lot with comics that the people who are putting on the show, the show promoters or whatever, they don't give this information until just moments before somebody's about to take the stage and well, completely obl- yeah. obliterate an act. And it's so weird to not, it's one thing to say, don't say this word, but you're going to say, stay off these topics. No, right. <laughs> no, anything that could possibly make somebody think a little deeper and then uh you know go have a good show i don't understand it yeah what year I, was I, that that was i'm gonna say the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> no i want to say five years ago it could have been really yeah about really? five years ago is my guess it's kind of one of those things where because they are a religious college but you know oh I'm yeah but they don't practice clean. it like that they, I know what you. They don't practice that. Their religious college. <laughs> yeah, it used to be Notre Dame. Their religious college ain't going to You know, I used to know the president. I used to know the president of Notre Dame, Father Kavanaugh, and oh, wow. uh, and he was a really neat guy. He was friends with the Kennedys as well. Oh, and um, I got to meet him, and we became really close friends. And I know those students at Notre Dame and all that. Nobody was religious over there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes out. In this podcast. Well, it's kind of what this is a living foul. But <laughs> this, is what, this is what we've been leading you to. Yeah, who that's where you learn how to smoke dope. Yeah, that's where you learn how to smoke dope and drink and sleep around. That's what that was all about. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that, but that's what they did. <laughs> yes. I think it's the administrators, I guess. It's like you're trying to shelter, basically, you're you're treating what are now adults that have gone off to college, you know, they're 18 and up, treating them like children. It's just like, the, that's, they don't need to be shielded from those things. But yeah, I typically yeah. don't, yeah. I don't work like squeaky clean, but I'm not out there cussing my face off or anything. So no, I've seen, yeah, I've seen your act. You, you're, I see your, I've seen your act. You're very, um, you're, you're not trying to clearly, you're not putting like crazy restrictions on what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And it's, uh, but I've never, I've never thought that you are like some extremely blue comic or anything like that. Yeah. I guess that's why they were okay with bringing me, but then, yeah, I went up there and I just, <laughs> well, sure. Sure. Uh-huh. I had a couple of good ones. 
I mean, honestly, I got heckled. I definitely got heckled by one of the dudes sitting there in the audience who wanted to hear me. I think I put him in his place, but I I don't remember exactly. I did stand-up comedy once whenever I was, um, I tried doing stand-up comedy once because we were, you know, I was coming up in the coffee shop circuit and my mom was playing and I didn't want to be a musician. So I was like, I'm going to go do some stand-up. And... I went and I did stand up in a few coffee shops, but then I was like, I want to go to an actual comedy club. So my mom, she, uh, she's the only, like I was too young to be able to get in by myself. So we went to Stanford and Sons comedy club. My mom goes with me. It's all open micers and they're telling everybody, Hey, before you go on, they're saying, don't just go out there thinking you're going to be the next Richard Pryor. Don't say A, B, C, and D. Try to really just hone in on a serious act and see if that's what's going to get you far. And so we're like, oh, I heard that. And I was like, oh, man, these that's a really good advice. We went up and it was every open micer ever and to this day i've never seen anything i love i love a lot of dirty comics i've never seen anything still to this day at 31 as dirty as what i saw when i was there with my mom watching the stand-up set comic after comic just bleeding out the most disgusting vitriolic filth with zero actual humor and my mom's there and i'm just like man this is weird and then I go up with my jokes about school, and um, I remember a dude came up. There was a black they dude laughed. who went up right. Oh yeah, they did laugh. But there was a black dude who went up right after me, and he was like, "He, I, I'll never forget." He said, uh, "Madison, man, I ain't never heard a nigga named Madison before." <laughs> oh no! And, and they were clouded me. I was like this little punk kid. But uh, my my, so later I told my mom, "Are we gonna go back?" And she said, uh, "Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'm not sitting through that crap again." (laughs) Here on your own. I I didn't blame her. You know, I agree. It's you're you're totally not wrong. Now, now, as you got that speech and you took it for face value, which is true, that is good advice. But now you look back and you realize that was just a cautionary warning because they knew what was about to unfold, which was just a total garbage fire. You know, like week after week, they had been dealing with so much dirty stuff. They finally had to start making a disclaimer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm thinking. And I really want to. I, I wanted, I really wanted to go back and I wanted to do it, but I didn't have, I was too insecure to go with really anyone else in my family. Cause I just thought I was going to get so clowned, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, so, so really, uh, so really I'm, uh, this is me saying I'm blaming my mom for ruining my company <laughs> career. <laughs> or she saved you. Hey, she saved you. She stayed with you that whole time. Really? If your comedy career had to be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, music's fine, I guess. You know, but the truth is, Madison, you are so funny. Like, you know, I you make me laugh. The quarantines, like you, you. The good part for you is you're still you're on stage, but like in your element, doing something you're talented at. And the bonus, because people don't necessarily need you to be funny. So, like when you are, it's just a delight. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I try to joke around on stage, and and you are right. Like when people don't need you to be funny, it's um, it's it's kind of uh, you know, you kind of get a, a harder laugh because they're like, oh, you can maybe do two tricks at once. That's cool. Yeah. What a pleasant surprise. I mean, you there is that ask. old there is that old quote where they say, or whatever, saying all rock stars want to be comedians, and all comedians want to be rock stars. But I don't know. Did you like Ruth? Did Madison want to be? 
a, a comic when he grew up, a singer, or did he say he wanted to be something when he was a little kid? Uh, not as a little kid, because he, uh, he got into playing music, but he was always comical. That's just his nature. <laughs> just his character, just comical guy. But he, when he started learning to play the guitar, first he didn't really want to learn, and then he got, then he really got into it, and he started writing. Uh, yeah. song uh, and they were com- it was a little comedy song that he wrote the first one he wrote a little comedy song and it got some good you know when he would play it out in public people really loved it and Ooh. so um our thing just really just kind of evolved and we just uh, we didn't know it was going to be what, like it turned out but it just kind of evolved and uh i really uh respect his music and i respect his talent and uh, I'm just thankful that if I could leave him anything, uh, uh, I left him a legacy with music, and uh, and, uh, and, he, and he's really and he's his own person. That's what's so mm-hmm. important is to be your own person and yeah. not copy other people. And so they know that you're different, and yeah. he's different, and we're both different. And so you are very authentic. Uh, I, I love that. I love that. Ruth, did you teach Madison how to play guitar? I was curious about that. Yes and no. I taught him a few chords and a few things, but mostly he taught he self-taught as well. We wow. tried to give him some lessons, but for he's like I am. The lessons didn't work. What worked was me getting a book that's filled with chords and getting songs mm-hmm. that I like and learning to play that way and playing with mm-hmm. other musicians and learn, just, learn, just being self-taught, yeah. you know, see, creating your own thing. That's what's so incredible is because, you know, so my introduction to you was when Madison and I started talking and it was Skeleton Crew, your debut album, 2015. And, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. was, it's an, it's an incredible album. Obviously it's been critically acclaimed and you guys were top 50 on those UK charts. And I think sometimes people imagine it like, oh, these, the, the breakout, you know, album or breakout artists when really it's so many years in the making, you know, like how long were you guys playing together before the album? Like, was it, was it many years? Like, I mean, I know you guys, he played between your acts. Right? Well, what do you or think, Madison? Sets? What about six years? I would say, um, which, and I know six years, I know that doesn't feel long, probably because it isn't, but I got... Um, we sort of got like discovered when I was about 26 and I think we were playing together like, yeah, maybe when I was about 19 or 18. So it really was, um, as far as like deciding to play together, I mean that, I mean, it, it was some years in the making, but at the same time, I mean, if you look at some of some other, if you compare it to trajectories of other artists, like it's not, it actually wasn't that crazy long of a journey from the moment that we decided to really play together from the moment that somebody um, said, Hey, come out and uh, let's try to get your music heard. And so I'm thinking about six or seven years. Yeah, really. Mm. I mean, that is a good amount of time still in the making, but it's um, some people would probably really scoff at that and be like, you know, do you have any idea what I had to do to get where I was? I was, (laughs) I was playing music when I was two and I was born in a bucket. How dare you? <laughs> so, yeah, but, but, you know, you and your mom, you go way back. 
Well, you go way back. Mom. Yeah, we go way back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, the first time I was hearing this lady play was in the womb, so they need to really give me some slides. Oh, like, yeah. way, way yeah. back. 30, 30 or more years. <laughs> yeah, at least one more year than 30. Madison and I were pretty fortunate, though, because it was, we were just fortunate because here we are playing at coffee houses and small clubs and whatever, and just really enjoying it. And then somebody heard us. And the next thing we knew, you know, Daniel Glass with Glass No Records decided to sign us. You know, wow. and, and I felt kind of bad because I know a lot of musicians that's been playing around Kansas City for years and years. And here we come up and all of a sudden we're signed with Glass No Records. And <laughs> next thing we look up, we're on the David Letterman show. And I mean, how in the world did this happen? Oh, my gosh. It, it, we were fortunate. We were definitely fortunate. It's always a combo of, like, luck, timing, talent, you know? You guys have exactly. that talent. Yeah, it really is. I don't know how that, like, I mean, it's and it's hard to, it's almost hard to tell that to other, other folks because you, yeah, you know that you work hard on something, but you also know that there are things that are outside of your control that really can help you know, put mm-hmm. all the right pieces in the right places. And I know that my mom and I, whenever we first started playing together, we were in a coffee shop and I just said, Hey, do you want to just do this for real? Um, like really just try to take a stab at like a, like a career because I said, people are now starting to request, request the original songs. They're singing the original songs in the, in these coffee shops. And she said, yeah, let's do it. But we, we stayed away from really, cause we're from Kansas city, but we're, we technically live just outside of it. And we stayed away from playing in the city for a really long time. It felt like it was, we were just playing for like four or five years. And most people would immediately try to go get a gig at the place in the city. Right. Um, but we just, we wanted to really keep our distance and it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until people started, we, we felt like we were wanted, I guess, by anybody to to kind of step into the city and try to do that. So there's definitely some calculating, I think, you have to do whenever you're on that journey of when is it a good time to really put yourself out there and when is Absolutely. it time to show some restraint and just really kind of hold back. Yeah, I think it's similar to me with even just, you know, you're talking about going into the city. Um, for me, some comics just, you know, I want to be a comedian, move to LA. And it's like, you're kind of just lost in this sea of artists and you're just trying to find your way. So whether you knew it or not, you're, you're just, you're being, I don't know what the word is, I guess, intuitively intelligent about it, you know, like get to a point where you're, you Mm -hmm. can't be denied. You're undeniably talented. So then you're ready for it comes your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be like a self-sustaining force of talent in a way. And it can't be, you know, just, oh, well, I'm really good whenever I'm in this one place with those three friends that I know who see me. I'm really good when I'm there. You really need to come to that show. (laughs) It's like it needs to be where where can you go at the drop of a dime and just do this and be able to um, like that was a thing, too. I used to want to act because I have an uncle who's an actor and he's uh, he was was on that show, The Wire. Yeah, he was into Five Bloods, the Spike Lee film, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I used to want to be an actor just like him. And then I thought, oh, I got to go move to L.A. and I got to go move to New York or whatever. But Mm -hmm. if I do music, I'm like, I can just grab this guitar and try to hone in on this every single day and Mm -hmm. hopefully get to an undeniable place. Yes. 
you have it with you, you know, like you can practice that anywhere. And that's kind of the beauty, I suppose, yeah. when you're touring. Well, and you didn't put the, the same part of it ahead of really working out your two talents so that they moved together. They worked together so well. I think that is um, pretty incredible too. Like you didn't say, okay, let's just be a group mom. And then you put this pressure on yourself to maybe sound like somebody else or this person's right. popular at the time. You really right. uh, retained your authentic sound, your mom and you together. And then what a joy when people really love what you're doing, then it sends you to that next, that next opportunity. It seems like, you know, you didn't put all the, right. I, I, I think yourself, that was definitely right? out of our hands. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think that was out of our hands that anything sounded decent whenever we both, cause we could both have a style that just didn't blend well together. But most people mm-hmm. say, I like the way your voice sounds against hers. I like the way her voice sounds oh, against yours. And yeah. Your harmonies. That's always so... been a really nice thing. Mm-hmm. Especially being like Ruth said, you know, your own person and the fact that you click because you are both so unique. But you're, you know, Madison, it's like you're so I guess we are similar in ways, you know, like. So my question is, you had like Ruth, you were very much a role model in the way like you just walked your art, you know, it was part of your life. So seeing that, it seems like. You know, Madison, you were like, what am I going to, am I going to go acting? Am I going to go comedy? And she, and Ruth, you were like along for the ride. But like, my question is, so was Madison like a wild teen? Like, did he ever have wild times or was he just this organized, driven kid? Oh, no, he wasn't that good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ruth, this is where we have a little fun. No, she gave up a hero bomb. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna retract that statement. I guarantee you. Watch this. Uh, no, no. Madison was normal. I'll just put it like that. It wasn't like he was. He, it wasn't like he was excessive in any way, shape, or form. No, tell them the truth. Was I? Was I a wild kid? They asked if I was a wild kid. You were not because you're normal. You weren't wild. You were just regular. I guess I don't know. I have no. You're saying I was basic. You're trying to say I was basic, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. You, you got into it. trouble when you needed to be in the trouble, you know. Stuff like I was that. the most vanilla black dude you've ever seen. Is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were that. You were bad and then some. Oh, no, no you know what Madison has? No piercings, anything like that? No, no. no okay. I'm the one. Hey, I'm the one with the tattoos. But How are no, you? Um, Yes, I do. I have a, I have two of them. But Madison, when did this occur? Um, like last year? <laughs> no, no it occurred about three, about three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. Yeah, and you know what happened? I got one on my shoulder first because I thought this way I could hide it and nobody would really know. Okay. And um, and if I, and I could just look at it when I was in the mood. And then I got great. And I Uh-oh. said, I'm going to put one on my arm. <laughs> she, so the world she got the Tyson. And as a result, when I put it on my arm, I love it. And see, I had to make sure I had to love it every time I look at it. Sure. And so I got what it on is my it arm. So I'm trying to, uh, it's a tree of life. And it's just, it's, oh, and the, the, the I love guy that. who did it, he's an excellent. He's an excellent artist. And okay. anyway, so here I'm playing my guitar, 
you know, and you could see that. And people have come and commented on it. And one Ooh. one girl said, boy, Mama Bear, you're a badass. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Did it burn one, Ruth? I have one, Ruth, and it's about the size of a dime. It's a, a butterfly. And now it's all just kind of mushed into a little blue uh, dime-shaped blob on my hip. That's, <laughs> that's what I got. So yours is very cool. It sounds very nice. Uh, hey, can I tell you something? So this is an interesting. Here's an idea that, that I had. I told my mom this a little while back. I said, I don't have any tattoos because I don't want, I don't like anybody knowing any, getting any perception of me whatsoever. And I don't like giving, giving into that. I don't want them to see anything and be like, Oh, maybe you're this way. I don't, I just want to be a blank slate. Um, so then I could take advantage of people. But ultimately <laughs> I told her, I, I told, I told her, I said, Hey, I had a new idea. What if I get a tattoo, but my mom, my mom's an artist, she draws and she paints. And I said, how about you draw something for me? And then I take that to the oh. tattoo artist. But here's, here's the kicker is that, Whatever you draw is what I have to get, no matter what it is. My only option is that I can either get it or not, but I cannot ask her to change it, and I can't have any influence on what it is. So oh she draws gosh. something up for me. She said, let's do, let's do it. She's going to draw something up for me. I'm like, she's a good artist. I know she'll come up with something interesting. She draws it up, shows it to me. Boom, there's a tattoo. What do you think? I look at it. It is an anchor, the most <laughs> basic tattoo of tattoo. I think it's the first tattoo ever that Popeye the Sailor Man had. I think it's. I think it was actually the origins of where tattoos came from, like sailors in the Navy. How about how about an anchor? And, an anchor. And I, so I'm. I have no idea if I'm going to get it. I don't, I don't. I don't know if I'll do it. I just don't know. You're not going to do it. You're not, well, you don't know. You're not going to do that. I just wished it was like a pelican with a beach ball or something. I would have been cool, but an anchor. Uh, oh my well. goodness! Well. A pelican with a beach ball. I think you'd rather do an anchor. Something Ruth, like that, yeah. Ruth, or, what's the story behind the anchor? Hey, listen. You win some, and you lose some. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know. I can make I can, I can make you a good cherry pie. I don't know about an anchor. Oh, <laughs> I, I love I love to cook. That's totally my cup of tea. And I so I wish you drew a cherry pie. I would have put a cherry pie yeah, on really. my. I wish I made a cherry pie with a little smoke coming out of it. Yeah, that's yeah, that would have been good. That could be cute. Ruth, you, oh, yeah. you love to cook then? Like, so did you grow, when oh, yeah, the kids grew up, were you so. always making dinner and stuff? Oh, yeah. I got a chance <laughs> to go to Italy with my brother, that's Madison told you. He's the actor. Oh. We went to Italy oh. together to a cooking school. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, I learned a lot about Italian. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, uh. awesome. You know what? This is the heavy-duty thing. I go to Italy, go to the cooking school, on my way home, in the in the Rome airport, I tear up because I think I cannot believe I haven't I've never been out of the country till that time, <laughs> and I thought this is an incredible experience. I wonder if I'll ever be able to go out of the country again. I had no idea that uh, about eight nine years later I would be traveling to Europe, going to London, Scotland, Ireland, 
It got so much where I thought, you know, I don't know if I really want to go overseas anymore. It's too long. <laughs> so you thought that was your first and only trip when you went to Italy? Yes. I, like, oh. I did, but it was not the case. But at the same time, though, I, I, really, I really love I really so love to you, cook a lot. And <laughs> don't ask, and don't ask Beth about the things I used to cook because that's not my forte. We had a lot of frozen. Hey, Beth, what did Diane used to cook? <laughs> oh, no, no, don't do it. I'm gonna go. With Beth, uh, what did Diane used to cook? Breakfast Rice for dinner. Ice <laughs> crispy uh, treats. Frozen okay. waffles with oh, wow. some uh, frozen yogurt on top. Of it. <laughs> I, I used to cook that, Diane. So we, we have some similarities, Diane. Like yeah, me. Uh, Madison Diane went to the uh, Ego School of Cooking. <laughs> the Ego School. Exactly. Uh, the cuisine of Ego. Uh, yeah. I, it, hey, I, I, that was hard to do. You had to make sure the little heater on the toaster wasn't too far over to the right or it's going to burn. You don't want them to burn. You got to get them out right away. Uh, what kind of yep. yogurt? What kind of fruit? There's too many decisions. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you actually yeah. did more than me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even throw the fruit in with the yogurt. I just get the kind of had it on the bottom. So you actually, you're you're exotic. You're very kind. You're so kind. Now I, I think I would love to learn how to cook. It's just uh, I, I, it always seemed like a chore. I have to say, you know, I was teaching school and. Uh, coming home and connecting with the kids and it was like oh no another decision so I never really learned to love it <laughs> I completely that, agree with you it just felt like it felt like working on a car or something it felt like yes you know I can't I can't do much with a car and uh that's what cooking oh. felt like it just felt like something that you did, like yeah like a chore that you're making for yourself or like you know like you mow the grass and you're like yes. and, and you're done mowing it and you just look at the grass and like that's great but immediately you just know it's going to grow again and you go to sleep and your head's on a pillow and all you're thinking about is the grass growing and, you're just, and you can you can almost hear the grass growing you you are the first person who has made me feel okay about my lack of imagination and skill with <laughs> Good, okay. Beth. It's Beth, you need you. to take some take some yeah. notes here, Beth. <laughs> Look, I grew up to be a fine eater of She's Chipotle, good. and <laughs> I do takeout. Yes, I don't love to mm-hmm. cook either. Ruth yeah. was Madison like, no, eater. I, <laughs> no, uh-uh. no, he no. wasn't. But I really, I really love to cook, and I, and not only just cook because there's more to cooking than just make it a meal. I like to create an atmosphere so oh. I can create a memory. So when you eat at my house, you eat with a memory that you know, wow. something was pretty was, was good as well as a, you got to have the right music. You got to have the right plate. You got to have <laughs> all of this stuff. It's just so me. And my husband would say, goodness, uh, this is a lot of work. Well, for him, it might be a lot of work, but for me, I thoroughly enjoy it. Doing it, I, I really did. Um, I wow. like being just creative, not only with my music, but with food and and just when having people come over and making them feel special. So if you guys mm-hmm. ever come to Ooh, uh, Kansas City, I'd love to have you come over. I would love to. Oh, I could make learn a, a thing or two. For you. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can get my mom to chop up some fruit for you in the kitchen. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll we give you some egos for dessert. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring the egos and but I might not even heat them up. Oh my goodness. But, uh, goodness. You know, she whenever she came back from Italy, she was like, you know, Chef Mario Bourdain. She was making everything <laughs> under the sun, under the Tuscan yes. sun. She was making every Italian dish you possibly could think of. And it was like oh. the real uh, angel hair, like just the really good pasta, or like the pizza with just hardly anything that creates it. It was, it was, in, it was insane. It was like uh, you oh, know wonderful. having an amazing Italian person in your room in your, in your house. You were a lucky boy then. Me, be like Chef Boyardee. Yeah, that's what I would be, Chef Boyardee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. We had that. We had, we had that too. Sometimes. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't all Italian pasta dishes. Like this was like later in my teen years, like the late teen years, where she went. But prior to that, she was the woman that could go into a kitchen and make anything out of anything. And I hear her saying my name. But what I'm saying I'm is, so admire that. She could make anything out of anything. That's yep. real love. Yep. Chef Boardy never lived in our house. <laughs> what was it, a hamburger helper? <laughs> Not even a hamburger helper. Not even hamburger. Oh, then what was it? It was a government uh, beef or something? <laughs> <laughs> it was something. If it wasn't Chef Boyer D, it was just a struggle. Giving you a hard time. Oh, oh, uh, right, so I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like so. a host. Like, you know, you like hosting. What? I think we need that. The, these are the exactly type of friends I need to have. Me too. People who will have oh, me over go. to enjoy the, the, the fruits oh, yeah. of their labor <laughs> so I can just sit back and eat delicious foods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Down to the, down to the dessert. Everything. Oh, I, like Beth's, I like Beth's thinking. It's like, <laughs> I will come over, I will eat the meals, and then I will leave. <laughs> you know what? I would offer to do a dish. Okay. Oh, you, you, at least your own dish, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would take notes. That's what I would do. Take notes. Take the take video and come home and you know what we should do. We should. It would be so fun to do like a salon type thing. Ruth, you know, whips up the atmosphere, a cool meal, and then maybe you guys could sing together. I'll do a little stand up. Mom can play the piano while okay. everybody else yeah. cleans up. <laughs> that would be incredible. I would, I would, everybody else clean. That's part of, that's the payment there. You don't actually have to pay to get in. You just got to do dishes and yes. <laughs> grab a rag or two at the end of the night. I love that, that idea. I have, a, I have a piano in my house. Oh, I have a wonderful. Piano. We also have a place where you set up microphones because we used to have um, little coffee houses at my house and what I would do would make a big spread and then we invite you only by invitation we invited like maybe 10 or 12 people come over and we would have different musicians come and play in front of oh. the fireplace with the microphones and all and yeah. they had forgot about that and yeah we did that for a while and it, it was we loved it I mean I know I did and yeah. um, so oh, if you wanted to do fun. something along that line so we, we, uh, we've done it all. We've done I would it. love so, that. Hey, but did you know that Diane played music too, Mom? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, 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 was, which, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I just retired like three years ago. So I was teaching music in uh, elementary and middle school. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. again, when I started getting back into it again, the girls were little and they were playing hockey and 
gymnastics and all their, you know, their activities that, again, going home and thinking about cooking a meal, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, so I, if, I, if, I, if I went back, I think I could have done better. I do. Mom, I, think I, could have I loved eating cereal every night and I wouldn't take it back for anything. It made me who I am. Maybe that's why I turned into a female Seinfeld. Maybe. You're your mom's little lucky charm. Oh. <laughs> that's my favorite cereal. It really is her favorite cereal. Is it really? Wow. Yes. Are you... That's great. I, um, I've been eating uh, this Magic Spoon cereal. You guys eat that at all? No, Magic what is spoon. it? No, what's that? It's Wait. really good. It's like health. It's health cereal that's been made to like taste like all of our childhood cereals that we've been eating, and um, it, but it's like it's oh, like high in high in protein. Yeah, low carb. It's like keto friendly or or, or whatever, oh. and it, it tastes incredible. My goodness, I better, I better write that down. What is it called? Again? I wrote it down, Mom. Magic oh. spoon. Magic spoon. Magic right? spoon. They say during quarantine, though, people have been eating a lot of cereal. So I felt comforted by that. You know, I'm not alone. <laughs> I've been eating a lot of marshmallows. Well, so you've been eating marshmallows? You know how I like it. What were you going to say, Madison, before I interrupted you? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I want to hear the marshmallows. <laughs> I just want to strip that. You're like, you're like, I'm bringing it back to you. I know. Like, don't, but let's not bring up my my marshmallow problem you mean like peeps i love peeps i also get these there's i used to be a jet puff girl and then i've transitioned to eating the dandies which are like high-end marshmallows <laughs> that i pay the like dandies. i don't even know Wait. i think they're 3.99 or something or 4.99 oh, man. Something. i didn't know you were better than me <laughs> just wanted to let you know put you in your place oh dear <laughs> you're you're a dandy. I never heard of dandies. Yeah. Well, I'll send you some for payment for this podcast. Yes. That's cool. I'm getting um, this is already a profitable. So how do you guys feel this is going? Is this good? I like this. This is Oh, fun. I love it. Have you guys been able to collaborate like during this? Because mom and I keep in touch every day. Like, you know, so mom and I are used to talking to each other, but it's it's this is going perfectly. I love it. Yes. We've, we've been talking a lot and, um, and we've, uh, we, we, we started like, we kind of started getting healthier together. Like we both were like, Hey, we need to kind of get like, you know, change our diet. We started intermittent fasting and stuff like that. We started, but we're like keeping oh. tabs on each other. My mom will call me. She's like, you're not eating, you're not eating after eight o'clock. Are you? I'm like, no. <laughs> and we're just kind of going back and forth like that. And it's, it's been real sort of, um, it's just been a cool thing. And then I'm writing all the time and I keep calling her and sharing a song with her. And now we finally have started practicing together, like at a distance. So oh, I was wondering that. about that, how this quarantine has changed your rhythm, like your concerts, your interviews, your traveling. I mean, do you travel? Well, yeah, there's a lot more dry coughing in my songs, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty changed, good. It's, no, it's changed a lot, but you know, I that's bet, one thing I you bet. know, when you get to you, when you get to be my age, you realize nothing is you know, not the end of the world. It's just a, it's a time that we're going through, and it will change, yeah. and hopefully change for the better. And uh, you I have to so. work. You have to be creative. You have to be creative and work work with what you have. And so Madison yeah. and I, you know, we we practice um, at a distance, and it's fine. It's okay. Uh, you know, okay. you would prefer not to, but that's 
the way right. it is. And yeah. um, but uh, eventually, I just want to hone hone my skills and make them even better than the last time people heard me. So that's mm-hmm. that's where so my head is at. Using this time to do that, yeah. But it just yeah. feels like it just yeah. it, everything came to a screeching halt. And I know mm-hmm. as performers, that's the, pro- it, you know, but I think everyone's in the same boat. So you're not the only one that's kind of lost your momentum. You're like you said, honing your yeah. skills. And then when you're back out, you'll be, you'll be in great shape. Even better. But, yeah. Even yeah. Better. I think too, for me, like, like you're saying, Ruth, you're, we want to stay on top of it and practice. And then again, the even better part might be, to me at least how I feel is like sometimes you need a break or a different like to, just to chop things up and maybe it moves you in a different direction for example perhaps the next album you put out is going to be a workout album you know you're going to get intermittent fasting oh, songs about intermittent fasting <laughs> magic spoon <laughs> oh yeah I, wow we are we are putting off that vibe I'm just now realizing now that you, now that you frame it that way I'm like I'm so excited we're going to be putting that out next I guarantee, I guarantee you that the next time people see me out on that stage they'll see a smaller roof so I guarantee you that Aww. are you feeling good Ruth? Yeah, I'm just that whole intermittent fasting is totally my cup of tea. Can you explain that to me a little bit? What's that like? For me, um, I I don't. uh, My first meal was at twelve noon, and I don't. I don't have a breakfast in there. It starts at twelve, and from twelve to eight, I pretty much eat a high protein, low carb diet. I can have a high high protein snack if I want. After eight o'clock, the food line is closed, and I just have water and or tea or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now I don't, I'm not, I don't crave after eight o'clock for nothing. I don't crave mm-hmm. sugar. I don't crave carbs or anything. And then in the mornings, I might be a little hungry, but nothing that I can. Because I don't usually eat till ten or eleven anyway. Okay. And so I twelve, twelve thirty one time I went to one o'clock. But wow. I know my window to eat. Like right now, I can eat pretty much what I want to eat during this time. But I just make sure that it's not. Uh, sugar and it's not uh, a lot of carbs and starches okay. and whatever. But let me tell you, let me give you, let me tell you something. What? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm all ears. Sorry. I am too. No, this is, now, this <laughs> happened to me yesterday. I had two potatoes. Now, I can't have the potatoes. So I'm thinking, now, what am I going to do with these two potatoes? So what I did was I baked them. And then I cut them in half, scooped out all of the potato parts, and left the skins. So now I can have the skins, I just can't have the potatoes. And then the skins, I put melted butter in the skin, put some cheddar cheese in the skins, put them under the broiler, got them, they were crispy, they looked beautiful. And took them out, and then I had an avocado, and I smashed it up and had some tomatoes in it and whatever. And put it Ooh. on top of that of that uh, potato skin, and it was succulent. Oh, oh my yummy. gosh! That, that sounds something really like you could yummy. do, Mom. Yeah. Where was I? Where was I when this was happening? Like, I'm, this is my first time hearing about this. I didn't know about the skins. How come I can't get a skin? It was just yesterday. Can't, right? can't you give me some? <laughs> give me some skin. <laughs> no, this just happened yesterday. You put a little salt and pepper and. It was excellent. It's it's one of those that I'm going to have to share with the world because it was it was that good. 
That's um, so good. Okay, so Ruth, is this like a keto? Is it like a like a keto diet kind of, or not really? No, low carb. Uh, both. It's kind of keto, low carb. It's all the same. Keto low carb. Okay. Active with a different name. That's all it is. Yeah. But the importance is being that window of time that you eat, and then at eight o'clock you stop. Gotcha. I stop. That's what I just want about the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I realized how much we eat for no reason. You just yes. eat just to be doing something, you know. You're right. And You're right. I, yeah. It's taught me some things about myself, and um, and, and yeah, I love myself. eating after eight o'clock yeah. usually. Now, now I'm not. So it's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I would eat. I I started to notice how late I was eating often, and I think even if I'm not doing just the eight hour window, it just not starting to eat anything um, or, or just not eating after eight alone, I think has really kind of changed my mm-hmm. brain in a mm-hmm. lot of ways for the better. And then the morning is the only one where I'm kind of like, dear God, noon cannot get here soon, soon enough. Yeah. Could but, you um, have coffee when you first get up? Are you allowed to have coffee? You, or you can have, you can have coffee as much okay, coffee I as you want. Could, yeah. Okay. But well, how about, you know, I bet yeah, you sleep it, better. Do you sleep pretty well with this not eating? You sleep really well? good. Yeah. That's the yeah, whole see, trick I, right there. Is, is, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. this is starting to feel like an intervention for me. And I don't. <laughs> Are you still on the dandies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think it's. I have. I like to have a, a just a, a small pint of ice cream right before bed. And. Late there, just by what, what a small pint, Beth. Beth, what is a small pint? <laughs> the kind that the That's kind that fits in your hand. <laughs> That's like my my sister. She'd be like, Madison, can you give me a big big thing of water? I'm like, we have cups. You can choose which cup you want. I can't make the cup bigger. Give me like a big thing of water. <laughs> I love it. Oh. So I was gonna say, you know, we're like we're not. We're nearing probably, I guess, closer to the end of our podcast, but I kind of wanted oh, no. to talk a teensy bit before we leave. I know my mom doesn't want to leave. You're going to have to. No. You're gonna have to I feel like I've made new friends. Living. And during the quarantine, you just can't, you don't see people. It's like I've been a little out of touch. This feels like such a treat. Mm-hmm. It does. I know. I've noticed that I talk to people for way too long now. Like, no matter who it is, like, I'm just, a <laughs> mailman's walking by and I'm oh. just carrying on conversation. I'm like, all right, yeah. oh, you're leaving? Okay. All right. I'm still here. You can talk longer. <laughs> Come back. You don't have to leave yeah. me for those other leave. customers. Yeah. <laughs> I can help you deliver. You need some help. Yeah, I got a couple gloves I can get. I'll carry the pack. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say too, just like, you know, so listening from when you guys started writing your albums and the first one coming out in 2015, you know, I, I personally, as a comic, I find that when I first started my first album, like, well, me personally, I don't like it, but that's just because it's been a long time. And you know, I feel like I've grown since then, but you know, when it comes to my jokes and like meaning, when I first started, I felt like I was just doing whatever came to me, like sort of what I thought would be funny to other people and stories and stuff. And as I've grown, I sort of find it like I'm, I'm putting more meaning into my things, stuff I care about Mm -hmm. um, trying to sort of like make some change in a way. And I'm just curious how you guys felt going into your album as a duo. Was there a goal or is this kind of just, that's just what flowed out of you and how that's changed. Like with this most recent album started with a family. 
Well, for me with uh, writing, it's always been sort of what's, like you said, what flowed out. It's always been very um, nonfiction. It's been very um, just trying to put creativity at the forefront of whatever I was making and things that just sounded interesting because a lot of the people that I really love, they make music that if it's got a deeper meaning, it's not one that's real present to me or one that I can really suss out. A lot of times it's things that sound cinematic or fantastical or just ideas that are, um, that are just so oddball. And I, I really love that sort of stuff. And, um, but you're right, you know, there is definitely that growth that could have just been a, a small uh, sign of immaturity or at least um, maybe not immaturity, but um, a lack of, um, um, I don't know, realization of yourself because you haven't lived enough years yet. So yeah. now, you know, you get to, um, you get to a certain point to where, um, like you, like on this last record, you know, we definitely started inserting some more, um, just, uh, pers- like personal, um, little bits in the music and putting pieces of us, like it's calling it started with the family. Like even that alone was a big deal because I've never wanted to, we are Madison Ward and the mama bear. We are a mom, we are a son, but we've never really wanted to piggyback off of that fact because we know that the world will do that enough for us. We already know mm-hmm. that the world's going to constantly put us in that box. So why should we have to put ourselves deeper into that box? So mm-hmm. we thought a great thing would be people come along, they see, they hear the music and then they say, Oh, mother and son, cool. Mother and son. And then hopefully they can say, I don't really think I care about the relationship as right. much as I care about. I think I just like this band now. And, mm-hmm. um, So, but this was the first time we actually just straight up were like, started with the family. Um, This song being, um, you know, like I'm mentioning my dad and my brother and my sister. And um, there might be a couple other songs. Like there's a song called uh, Lightning Kids on the album. Mm -hmm. And that song is about a boy who was like the youngest boy who was ever sentenced to the electric chair. And uh, they actually turned his story. He was like wrongly convicted. They turned his story into uh, the green mile. And um, I just, I, you know, just came across that story and wanted to write about it. And I, I I don't know what it is. I usually just don't like writing about some actuality that I just noticed or saw. I like to just create something from nothing that's when I mm-hmm. usually feel the most um fulfilled but this was just yeah I guess we, we kind of broke some of those little parameters that we set for ourselves when making this record so and it might continue to grow that way yeah I can I can relate to that in some ways of not wanting to be p- pigeonholed I think when I first started as a stand-up I was really careful to veer away from even just extremely what one might call female topics or you know, sex related things because women comics get such a hard time for that. Meanwhile, you over at Sanford and Sons and you're watching man after man talk about their wee wee and, you know, like (laughs) disgusting things and they don't get a bad rap for that. Mm -hmm. The double standard is uh, irritating, but it's kind of like now I'm growing, I'm older. And like you said, you have more lived experiences and I just, I, I'm less, I, I don't want to be path of least resistance. I'm sort of, I want to be a stick in the mud. I I don't want, yes. like, I want something to change. <laughs> right. So I, I want to do right. everything I'm doing. It starts with us individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we, set, we set the example that 
for others to follow if they choose to. And um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, when I have when I have when I have people come up to me, especially little kids, and they say things like, "I'm going to be like you when when I grow up," and mm-hmm. that's an incredible compliment. Yeah. And um, one I don't deserve, but I I appreciate it, and I hope I can always be set an example for other people. I so. agree with you. I like that's something it's hard for me. You know, when I hear you say, you know, I don't deserve that. And it's like, well, that's the part I, I relate to that, too. I, it's kind of shocking to me yeah. when I have young comics come up to me and say things like I want a career like yours. And I'm over here like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it is an honor. And yeah. it's kind of one of those things where it, I feel more responsibility to be that type of leader and just kind of show show them the best way it makes you realize what an impact you have you know you have such an impact through your humor but i just i feel like i have been listening to your conversation and when you know becky said we were going to be um you were going to be guesting on our podcast i i feel like what a joy it has been in the last five six days to listen to your music and then you listen to your music, some of the, the pieces of yours, like the ones that the two, my two favorites right now are started with a family because it really made me think about who was it in my life that got me interested in music or who taught me piano or who influenced me. And then the song Sorrows and Woes, I it just touched me in a place that I felt like this world needs help like never before. And to listen to you sing and express what you, what you feel and, and what you want to say, even though like Madison was saying, I know that this is mother and son, but your music takes you to another place. And I don't, that almost becomes not a part of the, it, it's not an issue for me. I just am blown away by your beautiful harmonies and, uh, the way you can paint a picture with your music. And I think that's just what we need right now. So many of us, we just need that grounding, that hope that you provide Mm -hmm. in your music. It's. Thank you so much. And that means a lot. Oh, that's a a amazing compliment. And I I will say also just to not um, just something I had mentioned earlier when I said like a lot of times when creating something, trying to pull from just the ether and it's not necessarily about any one thing. I will say um, the, the other, I guess, flip side of that coin is that I've always felt like the emotion is what is, is what you're trying to convey. So the emotion, it comes through the music. And so the subject matter may not always be um, on the nose. And, um, but, but putting the emotion first, I think people, people are always, I think, smart enough to really know what they're feeling and what they're getting from a song, no matter what it's talking about. You know what I mean? Totally. Because yeah, yeah, you can also, you know, there could be somebody that comes up like Madison and I were talking about like naming our albums and going through ideas. This was not on the pod. And, you know, he was, he came to me and was saying like, I was thinking about ain't beloved yet. And what it meant to me was so different than what it meant to him. I mean, not so vastly different, but people are going to listen to your music I mean, to me, it meant like, okay, be nice to yourself. 
you know? <laughs> and he didn't think that yeah, at all. I remember you telling me, you're like, it reminds me of like my mom telling me I need to be nice to myself. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I just know. I was like, it really was like a completely different area of what, of how my brain took those words. And I, I actually, I kind of love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to your song like childhood goodbye. And, and not to mention you've, you've now, if you think about it, you've basically with your video, you provide even more, it almost is like research or it's like resources to try to like, if you wanted as a, as an audience member to connect more with what you were even trying to say, but so it, it can take your mm -hmm. mind in that direction and the, the power of a music video. But I love the, uh, burnt the, burn the weeds, plant the seeds of your poetries, watch them grow. And to me, I'm thinking like, kind of what my mom, I think would take away from it, which is just, you know, seeing you two at the diner and it's just, you know, your mom oh, so gave powerful. you these sort of gifts and watching them grow in you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes people will ask me like, hey, what, what is this song about? Or like, what do you mean when you said this? And I, I've started getting into the habit now of just saying, I don't remember. <laughs> 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 I just started to realize, I was like, I, I don't remember. Like, I, I, sometimes I'm really in, I could be really in it whenever I'm coming up with it. And then later, I'm like, what the hell was I talking about whenever I wrote that? <laughs> what so I just, did I mean? So yeah. I just, uh, I, I, I just tell people I don't remember because ultimately people really do. They have their own ideas of what they feel anyway. And a lot of times you can let people down whenever you tell them. They're like, oh, well, that's not really. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Why not? You, you, and, uh, you almost have to be like the uncle that's like, what does it make you feel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it's like when they say, aren't you that actor? And you're like, um, no, I'm not. Or like, you are that person. You're like, are you talking about, uh, are you talking about Bob such and such? Like, no, not him. Like, well, that's who I am. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, we, I, I feel like we've reached probably the end of our time. We've, we've been talking for a beautiful oh. hour. But Bessie, what, Mom, did you weren't have, we going to ask Mama Bear and Madison about their happy hour? Oh, oh I, you're right. Their, that was a great. Yeah, their music and their, their podcast. Yes, I'll try to bumble through this. We have a, um, we're, we're trying to do a podcast. We, you know, it was one of the many podcasts probably, probably being conceived out of all of this Corona, but mm -hmm. we uh, want to basically have something where we're sort of, we're performing music or we're practicing music and we're going over stuff sort of the way we would normally do at home, but we will be just chatting with each other and chatting about life and riffing and letting our brains take us wherever they go. But in between that, you can hear us noodling around. You can hear us um, sometimes maybe writing a song like in the moment and it'll be called the mad mama half happy hour. So it's a half wow. hour, but it's, but it's also that we're half happy people. We're always pretty generally half happy as far as about <laughs> how happy we are. We're about 50%. I think that's our normal steady disposition is about yeah. half happy people. <laughs> so, isn't that, isn't that a so, sixes Madison is saying half happy like you know that's that, you know, kind of half happy I'm thinking oh you're speaking for me too I guess huh <laughs> <laughs> I'm who I am through my mom yeah. <laughs> okay Ruth are you you're 75% happy 99% happy <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm really half happy. 
he was right. See, what did I tell you? <laughs> you were right. So, oh. exactly. So I was right. Yeah, I, I know my mom. She's very. Uh, we didn't come from this coddle, a very coddling upbringing. We just came from a very. Uh, this is the way life is. My mom's biggest uh, saying that she used to say all the time: something would happen to my brother, something would happen to my sister, and I say, "How come I didn't get that?" And she say, "Fair don't live here." <laughs> and then I would always say, well, where does Sarah live? Where does Sarah live? Because that's where I'm going to go. That's a good one. <laughs> I love yeah, that. She said it often. I love good that. I'm writing there. it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was kind of happy. <laughs> it snapped you back a little bit, didn't it? Just snapped you back. Oh, yeah. And she said, I, she said, I love you all equally, but you're not all going to get the same thing. This is the way life works. And I said, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's excellent. I think my mom said that to me, actually. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be bad if your mom said it to you and you're an only child. You're like, geez. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, my mom is, Madison, my mom is going to be 101 in August. And there were five of us. Wow. She's a a corker. And she really comes up with some good ones. But uh, anyway. That's amazing. Hey, uh, August, uh, August what? August 27th. Yep, it's her birthday. Oh, I'm August. My birthday is August 23rd. Oh, close, very close. We're, we were close. Yeah. You messing me up. You <laughs> messing me up. A hundred and one. Yeah, hundred and one. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Really? Yes. She's as smart as well, you and funny, and uh, we're just so. We got to. We interviewed my mom last year on our first on our first season of our podcast, and ah, well, I learned things about my mom I'd never known. It was just funny. We, <laughs> I love it. Honestly, she said very similar to what your mom said about you know it's not always fair. I love you all the same, but it's not always going to come out equal. You know what I do for this person, this sister is not going to be exactly equal. And you you realize, yeah, yeah that's pretty much the way it it, it should be. Otherwise, you just go yes. next, right. trying to do the equal for each well, that's why, and- Well, <laughs> I mean, you're going to learn it in life one way or the other. You know, you can learn it in the home. Or you can learn it when it smacks you in the face, when you realize Absolutely. that somebody got the job you didn't get. Yes. But, and learning uh, it at home I'm, is I don't wanna... the best, really. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's good preparation. I, I feel like I'm. Are we going? I feel like I'm going too long. I don't want to. I feel nervous. I'm getting nervous. Anxiety's oh, building. Don't get I feel nervous. like. I feel Take like deep, maybe. Like a deep group breath in. Okay. 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 And a deep group breath out. Oh. Oh, okay, I'm getting more nervous because I didn't get a full breath. <laughs> no. This has been honestly a beautiful conversation. We're it so has. happy and honored that you guys took the time to spend with us. Thank you so much, Mama Beer. So Ruth grateful. And Madison. Oh, you're welcome. And and Keep thank um, you guys so much. We'll we'll be listing all of your albums with links so that people can find them. Um, mm-hmm. But they're everywhere and available on all streaming services. And uh, look for the Mad Mama. Uh, yeah. Half happy hour. <laughs> so Please do. So look out for it. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Madison. I uh-huh. hope we get to meet sometime. We love you guys. That was Madison Warden, the Mama Bear. 
And you can keep an eye peeled for their new podcast. Do you keep your okay. eyes peeled or your ear? Wait. Ears. Open. Keep an yeah, ear keep out. It. Keep an ear out for their new podcast, Mad Mama Half Happy Hour. And you can follow them at Madison Ward MB on Instagram and, and awesome. all that. And Madison is spelled with an E 